Hello, Ingas Nation. Welcome to the CrossFit Ingas podcast. Our podcast is aimed at highlighting the benefits of CrossFit, the value of a healthy lifestyle through exercise and nutrition, and promoting the Ingas Nation. Here are your hosts, Renee Grady and Andrew Perpich. Hey, Ingas Nation, you're listening to episode 47 of the CrossFit Ingas podcast, and today we're going to be debunking common nutrition myths, and I have with me Kate. Hello, everybody. Not Andrew. (laughs) Sorry, Andrew. (laughs) We figured since we do most of the nutrition coaching here at CrossFit Ingas, it would be a good opportunity for us to kind of just sit down and go over some of the questions we commonly hear and some of the things that people think are commonly true, which may not actually be the case. But but first, we're going to start out with some shout-outs. It's been a little bit since we've done this. So um, starting out with a really exciting news. So congratulations to my brother Rob and Brittany on their newest engagement. We are both excited that Rob was able to find a girlfriend and now even more so <laughs> a wife. So congratulations, guys. Very exciting. Um, next up, uh, I want to give a big congratulations to Laura Stimation, um, who happens to be one of my nutrition clients. She just got a huge promotion at work that she's been working really, really hard towards, um, and it kind of came a little bit unexpected, and um, she just found out about it. So big congrats to her. Yay, Laura. Um, next, we want to take an opportunity to shout out our new intern, Hannah Arnold. Hannah comes to us from South Carolina, um, but she's actually a local yokel, lives in Gales Ferry here, and you will see her around, especially if you are coming to either the nine or the noon classes. Next up, we want to um, give a very warm welcome and congrats to Hillary, which some of you may already know from years past. She used to coach with us, um, and now she's back on our coaching staff, and um, you'll probably see her in the afternoons. Yep. Right? So we're very happy to have her back. Absolutely. Next, we want to give a big shout out and congratulations to Jamie and Lauren on the birth of their son, Ronan. He is a couple months old now, but he is absolutely the sweetest thing that I have ever seen. And we are just so happy for the two of them. So cute. Um, And then last but not least, we have quite a few new nurses who Mm. just graduated um, during COVID. Um, so we want to give a big shout out to Jackie Myers, Chelsea, um, Ashley Hay, and Nikki, I can't say her last name. Owet. Or Davis. Or Davis. Right? Yes. <laughs> right? Either one. Okay. Um, huge congrats to you ladies. I'm sure those last few weeks were pretty stressful, especially with everything going on with the virus. So great job. Yes. And thank you guys to all the first responders for everything that you guys are doing on the front lines. Um, absolutely making this COVID thing um, less stressful than it needs to be for the rest of us. Yes. And for, to all of our members who, you know, who have been complying with all of our new regulations that we have. Everybody's been doing a really great job and we know everybody wants to be here. So you made it much easier. Yes. yes. Thank yes. you so much. All right, should we dive into it, Renee? Let's let's do it. We're going to debunk some of these these things here. 
All right, so why don't I give you one and then you tell me what our typical response okay. would be. So let's start with this one. And this one actually has less to do with nutrition and more to do with the gym in general. We hear this a lot from women. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get bulky. If I lift weights, am I going to get these big bulky muscles and, I don't know, maybe look a little like your husband, Chris? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you will not. So... What we see on social media, what we see when we see CrossFit athletes, that doesn't happen overnight, right? So that takes, when you see those women, they are working out, this, that's their job. They are working out, I don't know, six hours a day. Their nutrition is, is supporting that and... And that's their goal, right? Their goal is to get as strong as possible, to get as fit as possible. And that just comes along with it, is getting those big, bulky muscles. That's not going to happen overnight, right? If you change your nutrition, if you're focusing on protein and balancing out everything and lifting heavy weights, yeah, you'll put on a little bit of muscle, but you're not going to get the... <laughs> you're not going to look like Chris, right? No. So, well, and why why do we want women especially why do we want them to gain muscle? So that way we can be strong, we can do these functional movements, right? So our hormones are working the way that they should be, um, so we can feel good and not like we're weak and 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 whatnot. Um, but again, that doesn't translate to looking like this big bulky man that. Our bodies just won't do that, right? And I, and I think you brought up a really good point, right? The hormone aspect. Men are able to put on muscle faster and easier because they have so much testosterone. Mm-hmm. As women, we don't have that. And so the ability to gain muscle is much slower. But especially as we age, that muscle becomes so important because muscle is a very expensive tissue. And the more lean mass we have, the more calories we burn at rest. So if people want to be able to eat more calories, really one of the best ways to do that is to strength train, to put on some muscle that's going to work for you even when you're not working. Now something else that kind of goes along with this that people ask us all the time is, can I lose weight in my fill in the blank, right? Can I control losing weight just in my legs or just in my arms? What do you say to people who ask you that? Again, no. (laughs) The, The simple answer. But a lot of things play into that, your, your genetics, how you're built, right? We can't just choose, okay, I want to have the abs, right? That's, that's where my goal is. Yes, we can do specific movements to help build the strength in that area, and maybe eventually that's going to come along, but you may be somebody where your upper body fills in or leans out faster than your core, or your legs take a really, really long time to, to lean out rather than the upper body. Or you could be somebody where your core does come in really quickly. But genetics, your built, your nutrition, all of that, how patient you are in the process, right? All of that plays a really big role into that. And it's not just something that we can say, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to get that six pack and, and that's going to be the goal. So it takes, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of patience. And, you know, don't be so hard on yourself when those things don't come along for you right away. Or, you know, I did a, I did a bodybuilding competition. My abs looked like garbage. <laughs> and I, I believe was, that's not and true. And I was extremely lean. <laughs> 
But it's just one of those things. I know for me, my upper body leans out a lot faster than everything else. And like, I can't really control that. Right. And going back to the initial question of like strength training, a lot of what, and again, both men, but also women, I think when, when we talk about wanting to tone up, mm-hmm. what we're really saying is we want to be able to see our leanness. We want to be able to see that muscle. So I think in general, just that strength training, right, is going to help right. in all aspects. And leaning out is going to help you see the muscle that you have. Right. Which is usually the aesthetic that people are are going for when they're asking us these kinds of questions. Yeah. Cool. All right. So next up, Kate, will fat make me fat? Will carbs make me fat? <laughs> so we have three basic macronutrients, right? We've got protein, carbs, and fat. And the truth be told, an excess in any one of them can be stored as body fat. Right? If we eat too much protein, it can be stored as body fat. Too much fat can be stored as body fat. Carbs, same thing. But I feel like recently carbs and fat have gotten a bad rap. Right? Throughout the 90s, everything was low fat. But they were doing that by supplementing more sugar. The truth is we need a certain amount of fat in our diet to both keep us satiated as well as regulate our hormones. And carbs as well, especially if you're doing high intensity training like we do here at CrossFit, you need the carbs and the glycogen to serve as fuel. So again, our perspective in terms of fat and carbohydrates and protein is simply a balance amongst those three macronutrients, right? So that your body is getting all of them in the proportion that it needs. So the goal would really be focusing on quantity and quality when it comes to carbs and fat and not really any kind of elimination. You don't need to avoid fat. You don't need to avoid carbs. We just need to have them in good quality and in the right quantity. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, totally. And I think too, when we sit down with some of these people who aren't, don't know too much about it and we're explaining around like eating around your workouts, making sure you're having some carbs and protein and then they go and do it. And they're just so surprised with how much better they feel getting through that workout. And then afterwards, when they're getting that in, how good their recovery is. So don't avoid it. Yeah. And nutrition is meant to be sustainable, right? Mm. So if we're trying these crazy diets where we're eliminating carbs or trying to eliminate fat, chances are those are not going to be the ones that are sustainable. And really consistency is going to be what makes the difference um, long term in both losing the weight and keeping it off. Right. Cool. All right. Let's see what's next. You need to eat small, frequent meals. Can't eat big meals. You got to eat seven small meals a day. Not necessarily true. And this is going to be kind of different based off of you individually and what works well for your body, right? Um, Or what your schedule is like. Um, For a while, there was like this period of time where eating those small frequent, frequent meals was going to really rev up that metabolism and, you know, that was the way to do it. That was the way to lose weight. Not the case, right? Um, That can work great for some people, right? Like I said, if you're on a schedule where that's the only time you can get those meals in, you can't eat three balanced meals a day, that's okay. You're still getting the the nutrition in that you need. Um, Maybe you digest that way better. Um, But also having three balanced meals a day, bigger meals a day, there's nothing wrong with that either, right? As long as we're kind of 
focusing more on balancing those plates or or those snacks, those meals, whatever have you, like you were saying before with those macronutrients, those protein, carbs, and fats, we're getting those in, then that's what the important part is. The quality of the food, how you break it down, whether it's small, whether it's bigger, not necessarily um, going to affect you. Right. Right. And if we want to talk about the physiology behind either of these grazing mentalities or three meals a day, right? The whole idea behind the grazing was if I'm eating consistent, steady meals, then I'm not spiking my insulin levels and therefore I'm not feeling hungry, which again, works for some people. Right. But our insulin is meant to be spiked to a certain degree. So if we're eating those three meals a day and we're feeling satiated, it's okay to spike that insulin to let it come back down to then eat that next meal. So again, there's not a right or wrong. It's going to come back to what are your overall calories for the day, right, in that 24-hour period, and then what is the quality of food that is making up those meals? Right, right. So whatever works for you, right, that's going to be the best best plan for you. Absolutely. All righty. Um, next up, breakfast is the Im- most important meal of the day, and I can't eat late at night, right. or I shouldn't la- eat late at night. Right. And I think this piggybacks really well off of the last one because, mm-hmm. again, without getting too simple, it matters more the amount of calories you're getting over the course of the day and the quality of the food that you're eating. I think we try to encourage people to eat breakfast because we want them to get in a certain amount of you know, calories during the day. We want them to not feel hungry in the morning. Uh, we want to make sure that they're getting in some protein in the morning just to hit their overall protein goal for the day. And typically, we try not to have people eat late at night because the choices that we're making for late night snacks are not usually carrots and celery. You know, it's that bag of chips you're bringing to the couch, that bowl of ice cream cream, or whatever else that you're snacking on. But in terms of actual timing of day, there's no correct answer. If you are somebody who you're just not a breakfast person, um, you can have your first meal at 11 or at noon. This is the whole idea behind intermittent fasting. And while there may be other advantages, some people talk to mental clarity um, and things of that nature, really all intermittent fasting is doing is trying to close the window in which you eat so that you're not eating as many calories as you would be eating if you were eating over, say, a 16-hour time span. So if you were to have your first meal at noon, finish eating at 8, you can't, theoretically, eat as much in 8 hours as if you were eating for an entire day. But there is no right time to eat, which means there's also no wrong time to eat. So if your last meal is at eight o'clock at night, because that's when you get home and you're able to do it, as long as that's a healthy, well-balanced meal, right, then that's not a bad thing, especially if you're somebody who does not eat breakfast in the morning. Those calories Mm -hmm. from that meal late at night are going to be the ones that carry over to the next morning. And I would say for all my 5 a.m.ers, right, you especially, having, you know, a well-balanced dinner or a later night snack, maybe casein and some fruit, right. that is going to help fuel your workout at 5 a.m. if you're not eating anything right before right. that class. Right. No. Good stuff. All right. I must have nailed that one because <laughs> you she didn't have anything yeah, to add. Yeah, no, you were, that was good. All right. So what about this one? I've been 
cleaning up my eating, Renee, by just mostly having smoothies for breakfast and lots of juices. Do you think that kind of detox or cleanse, you know, the seven-day grapefruit juice cleanse, is going to be my key to success? So the problem we see with either smoothies or juices, first of all, starting in with the digestion, right? When we are eating our food, it starts in the mouth. Ma- in our mouth and we're breaking it down. Our bodies are physically working to to break this food down, right? So it's go it's working harder versus if we have a smoothie or a juice, we're eliminating that first step right off the bat. Um, which you may find yourself if you're somebody who's tried this feeling very hungry later on. The other problem with juices are um, they're typically high sugar, right? And we're eliminating all of that fiber, right? Mm, yes. Which, you know, fiber helps keep us regular, mm-hmm. right? We want to make sure all of everything is moving pretty smoothly there. Um, <laughs> helps balance out our blood sugar levels, right? Um, so if you're somebody who's like, oh, I've tried juicing and um, just eat, just have the grapefruit. Don't right. do the grapefruit juice cleanse, okay? Eat the fruit because that's where you're going to get that fiber in. Smoothies. Now, again, smoothies are something that can certainly be loaded with lots of sugar if you're not making them at home. But there are some benefits to having a smoothie if you're somebody who's rushing out the door or, you know, maybe you're on the road all the time and, and you need you can't necessarily eat. So maybe to bridge that gap between meals. But what's really important is, one, you're making it on your own, and two, the food that you're putting into that smoothie is balanced. So we're still seeing those macronutrients, those protein, carbs, and fats, which having those fats, having a little bit of fruit, and having that protein source is going to help keep you feeling satisfied a little bit longer versus just having, let's say, a smoothie that's just fruit, right? And that's going to be loaded with lots of sugar. It's going to to increase that sugar spike, you're going to be hungry soon after, and it's not going to give you the balance that we're looking for. So overall, right, juicing, you know, eat the fruit, right? Smoothies, be aware of what you're putting in it to make that balanced meal if you're going to use that. Um, But we always suggest, first and foremost, to eat your food if you can eat your food. I think I read somewhere that you could have like like, as opposed to a glass of orange juice, like an eight-ounce glass, you could have, like, 25 oranges. <laughs> like, it was something ridiculous. Like, calorically yes, wise. right. Because it's so much yeah. easier to drink a glass of orange juice than to, to, to eat. eat that many, like, pieces of fruit. Right? That's crazy. That's I know. a lot of oranges. I know. Now, if you were going to make a smoothie, mm-hmm. what might be some of the things you might put in it so that I'm getting, like, my, my, both my carbs, which are the easy part, but right. also some protein or even some fat? Scoop of protein powder is easy, or maybe I'm going to use Greek yogurt, right? Um, I'm going to do a little bit of nut butter to get in that fat, or maybe some coconut oil or some, or you know, um, avocado. Ooh, yeah, all right. Yeah, all make right. it smooth it out a little bit. <laughs> um, definitely throwing in some handfuls of greens because it's an easy way to get those greens in if you're maybe somebody who struggles with getting veggies in. Yes. Um, and then doing like half a banana or some berries, um, that way you're getting that well-balanced mix of, um, nutrients. I like it. I like it. Might try that. Throw some cinnamon in there. Spices, Ooh, right? Like. So smart. The pump, best way. Yeah. Pumpkin spice. You can put some pumpkin in there for your carbs. Boom. It's true. <laughs> If you people talk about sauces all the time, but man, spices, those are like freebies. You can have as much as you want. Yeah. There's no calories. 
and man can be a game changer for sure for sure cool all right so what do we have next so calories are the only thing that matter right so and all calories are the same what would you say to that so yes and no right? I don't want to say that calories don't matter because calories absolutely are going to determine your weight. But with that said, not all calories are built the same, Mm -hmm. right? There are whole nutrient-dense foods that are lower calorically, which are going to keep you feeling full longer, help you in terms of performance in the gym, make inflammation go down and generally give you more energy and feeling better throughout the day, right? Mm -hmm. So again, calories matter in terms of how much you weigh, but I like to think of quality in terms of quality of food and quality of calories determines your actual body composition, right? Right. And what we see a lot of times in American diets is that we're under-proteined and that we're getting a surplus of carbohydrates and fats. Mm -hmm. And when that tends to happen, it causes a reduction in muscle mass and an increase in body fat. So you may weigh the same, but we all know the difference between five pounds of muscle and five pounds of fat. And so again, that's where, yes, calories matter, but quality matters as well. And then the other thing I would just simply add to that in terms of like um, which, which is more important, there really is no good answer. They're both incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do need to meet a certain amount of calories that either you know, the energy coming into our body through food needs to match the energy going out right? Or simply put, we need to make sure that we're not constantly eating at a caloric surplus, right? Even if we are eating the right foods. So what you're saying is I can't fill my calories with just donuts and meet those calories and look the way that I want to look. Right. You may stay, you may stay. And that's where macros can be tricky, right? Like mm-hmm. we can fill our MyFitnessPal with crappy food, right? But the truth is, if we're doing that, one, we're likely hungry, two, irritable, and then three, again, body composition is probably not going to reflect what your goals are. Right. All right, let's see. I think we're here. <laughs> this is this is a perfect question for you. And I feel like recently we've had a lot of women in the gym who are expecting. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the misnomers out there is that while we're pregnant we need to eat for two. And then the moment we have the baby, we should be trying to eat at a caloric deficit and getting back our pre-baby bods. What are your thoughts now that you're going through this? Well, um, no, it does not work that way. I feel like all your answers are no, Renee. No, don't think that way, no. Um, So as far as eating while you're pregnant goes, right, we should really, in your first trimester, you're probably not really increasing too much, right? You're probably going through a hard time with eating at all, or maybe you're feeling nauseous and, you know, you're just, you're kind of in survival mode, right? right? But once we get into that second and third trimester, we should really only be increasing those calories by maybe three or 400, maybe as you're, as you're getting later into the pregnancy. Um, So that way we're not gaining weight at a astronomical amount, right? That we're gaining at a good steady 
um, rate. And that way, also, when, when after we have the baby, here we haven't gained like an extreme amount of weight, right? So that way postpartum is a little bit easier. Um, but here I am starting out as this 130 pound woman to eat the same amount of calories doubled with my baby is the size of a what does it start out as? A pea? I don't know. <laughs> it does start with vegetables. So, right? but like we shouldn't be we shouldn't be doubling the amount of food that we're eating, right? It should only be maybe you're adding in an extra meal, an extra snack throughout the day. Focus on quality food, 100%, right? Yeah. And now is the time, and I think you and I have had this conversation, like where I have been very, very grateful that I haven't had any crazy like cravings or anything like that, but. This is probably the time where my baby is going to eat the most nutritious, nutrient-dense food it ever will, right? right? Because I have that control. I have that complete control. Um, doesn't mean I'm restricting myself. Doesn't mean I'm overeating, right? Um, but, you know, having a few hundred extra calories is an appropriate um, increase to help support your body during this time. Right. I think, I think I read somewhere one time that, like you said, pregnancy is the only time you will control every single thing that goes in your baby's mouth Mm -hmm. because essentially it's what's going into your mouth. Right. So using it as an opportunity to make your diet the best it's ever been, as opposed to an excuse Mm -hmm. to kind of eat foods that are maybe not healthy or nutritious, Mm -hmm. right. Is a great opportunity. And I'll speak to postpartum a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, I think the goal should not be to get that pre-baby bod back, but rather to eat in a way that's going to help your body um, come back from that pregnancy because that is a trauma. So coming back and heal is probably what we should be focusing on by, again, keeping our calories the same or higher than what they were in pregnancy, eating whole nutrient-dense foods. And again, if you're somebody who's looking at breastfeeding, having anywhere from 250 to 500 extra calories of, again, whole Mm nutrient-dense foods is going to really help that milk supply. Yeah. And don't be hard on yourself. If you have, if you're craving the donut and you have the donut, right? Like, there's a donut theme, apparently. (laughs) Then, Then have it move on and, you know, like, make sure you're getting that quality food in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, have we made it to our last one? This is our last one. Here okay. we go. Okay, so, Kate, my I need to be perfect with my nutrition in order to lose weight, and I can eat whatever I want if I'm exercising. Right. Okay, I need to put these together. And let's start with the first half, right? Like, I have to be perfect to lose weight. A lot of times when people walk through the doors, they want to... I'm never going to drink again. I'm never going to eat processed and packaged foods. I'm never going to have sugar. And and while these things are great, and if they can actually do them, fantastic. But usually if you're walking into our door, it's because one or many of these things are struggles for you already. So rather than really just trying to tackle everything all at once and try to be perfect in terms of nutrition, we find it's much more realistic to choose something that you can be really consistent with That way, we're building on habits that will be sustainable from here on out. And I find especially for people who walk in and are looking to lose body fat, um, if we're significantly overweight or obese, then I kind of explain it in terms of like weight loss is like a funnel, right? 
at the top, there's a lot of room to make just a couple of changes and really see significant process or, or progress rather. And it's only when we get down to our leaner selves, right, and lower uh, body fat percentages that we really need to start tightening things up and talking about, okay, removing all sugar from diet, okay, removing all um, processed foods, removing all alcohol, right? Because as we get down to, for women, 15% body fat, as we get down for men to 10% body fat or lower, then yes, those are things that we need to make the decision what do we want more? This goal of performance and aesthetic, or do we like having these things in our life in terms of food and alcohol that we enjoy having in a socially responsible way? And that's where we get to reassess our goal and basically ask ourselves, is the cost of being lean worth it? Right. And it's absolutely okay if you're in a healthy body fat percentage range or in a healthy weight and you say, no, it's not worth it to me. I don't want to be that lean. I would rather have my Saturday night glass of wine. I'd rather be able to go out to dinner and choose anything I want off the menu. And, and that's okay too. So I would say in terms of like being perfect, you know, those things aren't really necessary until we get much, much leaner and in that lower body fat percentage. Well, and the cool thing is, is look at this process as, as your journey, right? Like, being able to really learn about your body through these little steps and, and developing these habits that you can carry through and make a lifestyle change. And like you said, then once you've gotten to whatever percentage, then you can reevaluate and say, hey, like you said, I, I feel great here and I can still live this balanced life or no, let's, let's, let's go for it yeah. and let's see how lean we can get and, and whatnot. But I think it's so cool to be able to really learn the process of everything and what works and, and, and watch yourself change. Absolutely. I mean, and that's what we want to implement, right? This idea of education mm -hmm. so that eventually our nutrition clients, um, they don't need us, right? right? They are able to make changes um, in their nutrition that will produce the aesthetic or performance goals that they want. And we can be sounding boards forever, but right. you know, eventually they may not need our accountability and they can make these changes on their own. Yeah. Now the second half of your question was about, can I eat whatever I want if I work out? And to follow your lead, the answer is sadly no. Um, I kind of wish that it was, but it's not. And there's a couple of reasons. If our goal is to lose body fat and lose weight, it's believed that we need about a 500 calorie deficit to lose just a single pound. So if Monday through Friday, I've eaten at a caloric deficit of 100, well then on Friday I've lost that pound. But then if I go out Friday night or Saturday and I, you know, I get that McDonald's, Big Mac, French fry and, and regular Coke, well then in that one meal, I've essentially caused my surplus perhaps for the day in excess of 500 and now I'm back to even. So simple math basically says that, you know, we can't, work out a bad diet. Because realistically, if you're coming in here and burning 300 calories or so, chances are you may still, with that Saturday meal or that Saturday couple of cheat meals, not be essentially in that deficit that we need to lose weight. And so when we meet with nutrition clients, we take in consideration that they are working out at some level on a consistent basis. So if we're having 
you know, these treats or meals that are then negating that exercise, right? All of a sudden we don't have that caloric deficit that we need to lose weight. And going back to talking about, we were discussing the quality of food, right? And how that, how that affects our body, how much better you're going to feel if your nutrition is, is focused on the quality and, and not so much, I can eat whatever I want and, you know, have the McDonald's, have the treats, your performance, you're going to, your performance is going to be better. You're going to be, you're going to feel better when you're in here, your energy levels will feel better. So it all, it all ties into each other. Yeah. Well, and I don't think I mentioned this before when we were talking, but nutrition is important, but there are other things to consider, right? Like Mm. exercise is important. A hundred percent. Moving your body. You are meant to move your body every single day. doesn't mean you have to come in here and be a puddle of sweat every day, but you're meant to move your body every day, right? So exercise is important. Sleep is incredibly important. One of my favorite statistics to share with people is that if you're not getting enough sleep, if you are sleep deprived, you may be losing weight, even if your nutrition is on point, but 70% of the weight that you lose will be from your muscle. So muscle is created and stored and regenerated while we're sleeping, and there is no substitution for sleep. So stress would be another one, keeping our stress in check. Mm -hmm. The cortisol released when we are under immense amounts of stress will help store some of those macronutrients as body fat. So we've got to look at some of these lifestyle things and really say we don't want to be deficient in any of them. To the best of our abilities, we want to be sleeping, Mm -hmm. moving our bodies, keeping our stress in check, and of course, eating nutritious and whole foods. They all work together. They do. Right? They all work together. We have to have all those pieces. And so I think that that's a really good lead-in, actually, to just talking for a moment about our Fall Nutrition Partner Challenge, which this particular challenge focuses on all of those key things. Exactly. Yes. Right. right. We work off a point system that you'll you'll have to check off those boxes in those all those categories that you were just talking about: the sleep, the food, the quality, right, the exercise, um, hydration. Um, so you'll get all of that out of this six week partner challenge. Which starts on the 14th of September. Yep. Right? Good um, opportunity for a reset. Fall is among us. You know, kids are going back to school. Teachers are going back to work. Um, things are getting a little bit more into our, our next new normal. Right. Um, so good opportunity to kind of hit that reset button. Yep. Um, so it's going to be six weeks. Um, if you're, if you don't have a partner and you still want to do it, please reach out to us. We will, we will find you a partner. We will make it work. hundred percent. Um, how many spots do we have left? I believe we have eight spots left. Okay. Right. We're going to do our nutrition kickoff challenge seminar on the 12th, which is Saturday. Um, it's going to be via zoom as well as in person. And we'll have it recorded for anybody who can't be there. Um, in our challenge, we'll do a baseline in-body mm-hmm. and a check-in talking with you about your specific goals um, and what you think might be your biggest hurdles to this challenge. We'll do a midpoint check-in um, where we can kind of see how you're doing and see if we can offer any help or support that way. And then a final check-in on the 23rd to kind of choose some winners. What do the people get who won? They get cash prize. Mm, now get, you're talking. Get that money, right? Um, and... Do they also, I don't know, do they also, yes, they do, <laughs> get a month of um, 
nutrition, one-on-one individualized nutrition with us as well. Um, so, and you'll get weekly prizes. Yes. This right? is new this year. This weekly challenges and weekly prizes. Yes. So a little incentive there. Um, but we're constantly going to be giving you guys weekly nutrition tips and be that accountability and soundboard for you guys through the, those six weeks. Um, so we'll, we'll give you that ongoing support. Nice. Yeah. And, and I would just finish with basically, like, even though this is a six week challenge, this challenge is not so restrictive that we feel like you could not continue it past those six weeks. Right. So I don't want to say you can have all the things, but there is a lot of room for this to be a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. And anybody who wants to stay on with us after, we would love to support you in that transition going into, you know, what does the next phase look like after the six weeks? We just find that tightening things up for a short period of time is a little bit easier for people to wrap their heads around with than saying, this is going to be your forever change. (laughs) So if we can figure out how to do it for six weeks, what was hard, what was easy, what needs to change going forward, but what could you live with from then on out? Right. Um, this is a really good place to start. For sure. A good little kickstart. Absolutely. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on another episode sometime soon. Bye, guys.